You are listening to the Refresher Ladies Podcast. I'm Angie Christensen, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's lesson. Join me and occasional guest speakers as we dive into God's Word to be challenged and refreshed. Welcome back. We're going to get right into the next part of our study. Now, this is part four. And what we're going to start off today with is what happens to unresolved anger. And again, there's a downward spiral spiral that um, was actually passed on to me. And I've, I've kind of studied into it a little bit more. Um, we've got to be so careful because we can step into that category of anger and think that that's, that's as far as I'll let it go. But it's amazing how it can take hold and just like a tornado in that spiral and destroy everything in its path. So according to Colossians 3 verse 8, the anger will continue continue to downwardly progress, spiraling down in the following steps. The first one is anger. So that's where we start with. Here's the definition. Anger is an uncontrolled temper, a deep-seated emotion of ill will, a settled feeling of habitual hate, it's revengeful, and it's re- it has resentment. So that's a definition of anger. When we something comes across our path and we have those few seconds to choose what to do with it, this is where it all starts. But if I don't address it, get rid of it out of my life, you know, tell myself that I'm not going to be angry, that I'm going to choose, the next step that we progress to is bitterness. So bitterness, the definition is a form of irritability. Every inward resentful disposition against others. And it's also a hardness of spirit. It's a place, ladies, where you don't want to be. It can become you. Um, There's um, a quote that I, I don't know who said it, but very interesting. It says, when a rattlesnake is cornered, Sometimes it becomes so angry that it bites itself. When you harbor bitterness, you poison yourself. And you think about that. We hurt those around us, but in turn, it's even hurting ourselves. The next step, if we don't get a hold of this, is wrath. And this study was so good for me. I'm looking up definitions of words that are in the Bible, but... You know, and I think a lot of times we'll think some of these words are the same. They have just a description of the same um, feeling or emotion, but a different way to say it. No, ladies, these are all very different. And again, they're all a step backsliding, backward, downward. So this is step three. A definition of wrath is boiling agitation. It is a fiery outburst of temper. Wrath is a violent fit of rage. It's a passionate outbreak of exasperation. And it's also a hatred. It's wrath. It's seething. It's like saying, I can't stand them. Now that may not be be something you would say outside, out loud, but inside, maybe you're guilty of saying it so many times you couldn't count. You know, wrath can even be in like that little toddler song, I'm a little teapot, where you're not the type of person that outbursts regularly, but you're starting to boil, you're getting warmer, hotter, hotter, 
And at some point, that teapot is going to let everyone around them know that they are not happy and there's a problem. And that can be at some times with some people even worse because it's least expected. And there was not even a graduation to it. It was just a huge outburst. And here all along, it was inside of you, inside of us, boiling, seething, getting stronger. In the novel, Great Expectations, um, there's a woman in there, kind of one of the main characters. Her name is Miss Havisham. And she was jilted at the altar, long story made short. And because of that great upset, and here come to find out it was actually conspiracy against her, it was planned, um, she decided to live in that day. So for the rest of her life, she stayed in a wedding dress. She kept the whole banquet in then her, she was very rich in her mansion, set up with the place settings and the food. Um, she kept, stopped all the clocks in the house. And at the time when she, you know, realized or got the note that she was, uh, her, hus her bride or husband to be rather, um, was not going to marry her. And she let it ruin herself that day but her life and she you know let when people would come to visit those that she let in the house became all cobwebbed and dark and her wedding dress over the years became tattered and torn and she just looked so disheveled um you know insects or you know mice had eaten all the wedding banquet and just her whole life was about that day and really what she decided was that, you know, she had so much resentment in her. It was like drinking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. Here she thought all that she was doing was hurtful in getting back at that groom and those that maybe laughed or knew about it. But really that poison was just poisoning herself. The next step here we see is malice. Malice, the definition is a vicious disposition. It's a depraved spite. It's a willful desire to injure. So there's a lot of definitions here, but I, I actually like them. Whoever, you know, kind of um, separated and really defined these words so that we realize they are all not the same. Malice is a cruel malignity. Think about that. Cancer is cruel to everyone. But malice could be that cancer to your spirit. It's evil in nature. It's to speak about someone spitefully. Malice also rejoices when evil is done to others. We've got to be so careful if our spirit ever goes there to really, you know, nip that and get it out of our lives. Malice is retaliation. It's taking any action that we believe will hurt the offender. And it's a place where you get that people, it's, it becomes very obvious at this point, even before this, but that something's not right, that you are living with this um, unforgiveness and spite, malice, wrath, bitterness. It's interesting, as we progress worse and worse on this trail, it doesn't mean that the previous one goes away. It's not like, okay, it was a stage and now I progress to the next and the first one's gone. No, it's almost like adding on top of each other. Because when you have malice, you still have anger. 
You still have bitterness. You still have wrath. And then what do we go to the next step? Number five, blasphemy. This is a, a good one for me to look into as well, because we know about, you know, and talk about blaspheming the Lord, or the Holy Spirit. But other than maybe, you know, cursing and getting upset, what does it mean in, in someone's daily life that's living in that phase of unresolved anger? Well, blasphemy is slanderous talk. It's reviling. It's criticizing an abusive or angrily insulting manner. You know, it's on purpose talking about people, you know, throwing those darts with our tongue setting rumors out there to destroy someone. Blasphemy is evil speaking. It's railing insults and it's, um, it's reckless and it really is bitter abuse. It's, it's a terrible place when the mouth and the heart goes here because it looks for ways to destroy someone specifically with words. Um, it, it's really, really miserable place to be. But then there's still more progression. Number six, there are f filthy communications, which are obscene language, uh, shameful speaking, foul mouth abuse, and dirty, unclean stories. And you may say, oh, Miss Angie, I would never do that. You know, I've learned long ago, never say never. <laughs> and good and bad things in life. Um, you know, the human can be far more capable of things we could never imagine would happen or that we would do in a fit of anger, in a fit of, um, you know, this downward spiral. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So we pause there. It didn't say, don't let it happen once in a while. Be careful about it. It says no. It is very clear about how much of this corrupt communication should be out of our mouth. Well, if it's in my mouth, it's already been in my heart. The rest of the verse says, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Then Ephesians 5, 4 says, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Interesting, it says, nor jesting. That's like saying, oh, I'm just kidding. The Old Testament says um, to say, am not I in sport? And a lot of people use that to go, oh, come on. Don't you have a sense of humor? I'm just kidding. Trying to kind of put it back on you. But we've got to be very, very careful about teasing and, you know, making fun. Um, it can be a good thing for laughter and to have a, you know, good sense of humor. But that's very different than, you know, I'm just kidding and um, really teasing someone. It should never be about one person, maybe a thing, a situation, but, um, not something that's going to put someone down. The next step in our downward spiral is thanklessness. You know, honestly, that one, I don't really need to define when, but when we are not thankful people for the littlest things, we should be saying thank you every single day, all throughout the day. And if you're not, or you don't even remember the last time you've thanked anyone for anything, we really need to apologize to the Lord for that because all throughout the scriptures, it talks about being thankful. But um, when we don't thank people in, in situations and things, uh, it just shows that I'm not thanking God either 
because God gives so much to us each and every day, ladies, every day. There should not be a day that doesn't go by that you don't personally thank the God, thank God for multiple things in your life. Second Timothy three, two says for men shall be lovers of their own selves, coveters, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Interesting. The ones that really catch me, some of them are very obvious, you know, oh, men are going to do all these things, but the disobedient to parents and the unthankful really stand out to me because, you know, we all need to be disobedient or excuse me, (laughs) obedient children to the Lord. We're all still children in his eyes, but yet that unthankful can get to everybody. You know, we can often think, I don't care. I don't care about them or I don't care about anything. We've got to be so, so careful about loving the Lord enough to be thankful. The next step is number eight, hopelessness. Psalms 142, um, and we've got Job 10, 1. Psalm 142 is amazing all in itself, um, the whole psalm. You know, but when we think of Job, we think of, you know, the friends that he had. We think of his desperation. We think of his depression, his, um, you know, just perplexity, all the different things that he went through. Um, but Job 10.1 says, my soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. Interesting. That's a verse that maybe you've never put to words, but even as I read it, you've been there. It's so um, easy to fall into these places that the Lord never intended us to go, and he's waiting just for you to ask for his help. The next step in this downward spiral are death wishes. Wishing that I were not even alive, wishing that, um, you know, maybe the Lord would do something about it, that uh, the Lord would come back or that uh, I just, I wouldn't have to continue where I'm at in life right now. You know, Jonah in chapter four and verse eight, it says, and it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah and he fainted and wished himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. He was in that place where nothing sounded good. He couldn't even imagine anything other than he just wanted to be done with life. We also look in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse uh, 4. But he said, excuse me, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And this was, interestingly enough, Elijah, a great prophet. If I didn't tell you, you know, who it was I was speaking about, um, you may not know. And here it was a great leader, spiritual leader, and he himself wanted to die. When we get to that place, we better find ourselves in the house of God, in the word of God, around the people of God. Um, Find a friend, a mentor, a counselor that is walking with God and, you know, get advice. Spend some time with them. Um, Share your heart, but also don't get to that spot of I give up. 
There are people that care about you and you matter more than you may have realized. We can think, oh, it won't matter. Nobody will even know that I'm gone. That is far from the truth and you would affect many, many lives. It's a place where we need to you know, do our power in our, what's in our power, which are, which is, you know, to find ourselves around those people and places and things that I just mentioned. And we've got to ask God, would you intervene? I need a drastic, you know, change and help in my life. Lord, I need you now more than ever. And number 10 on our downward spiral list is destruction. Taking actions in hopes that it will stop the pain, which what kind of actions would they be? One could be quitting a job. One could be getting a divorce. Another is uh, committing or attempting suicide. And another is seeking revenge, which could even mean, you know, harm or murder to someone else. From the very start, anger, it's, uh, it's just completely destructive. There's nothing good about it. And so we're going to pause right there with today's study. Next study, with still on the same topic, but we're going to talk about how there is hope and how help exists. So please do not stop with the study right now. Um, the next one gets very encouraging, but we needed to get down to the root so that we can move forward so that we can get the right help. And ladies, you're going to really be encouraged. And I hope you're taking notes or maybe re-listen to this. Uh, to be able to get some help that changes your lives. Thank you for joining me today for our Refresher Ladies Podcast. I hope that you have been blessed and will go about your day with rejoicing. For more information or any questions, you can find our ministry online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.